0: You are listening to Black Cloud Society. Hey, guys, and welcome back to yet another installment of Black Cloud Society. I know, I know, it hasn't exactly been four months yet, but like I said, now that school and everything's done, I'll have some more time to dedicate to producing that fresh, new and raw content that you all so lovingly support and crave. So this week's episode comes from a reflection, a reflection of a recent conversation with a couple colleagues, a couple friends who are going through some issues with their individual agencies and in the departments. And uh, something that honestly I have struggled with in the past, and if I'm going to be transparent and completely honest, we do something that I continually struggle with. I know you're probably sick of hearing things that I struggle with, but at the same time, that's what the show is. Talking about the struggles that each and every one of us deal with on a day-to-day basis in the industry of public safety. But before we get into that, don't forget to check out our sponsor, blackoutcoffee.com. And enter coupon code BLACKCLOUD at checkout to receive 10% off of your order. Good stuff. I just grabbed two more boxes myself. Um, Those of you that have ordered, appreciate the support. Thank you. Thank you so much. I get notified every time a purchase is made. Um, Reach out to me. Email me. Whatever. If by chance something goes wrong with the site and you don't get your discount. But thus far, there have been no complaints. And everyone has absolutely loved, loved, loved the product. And speaking of products, don't forget to check out our swag store to pick up some t-shirts and other items and stuff like that. So you can represent your favorite podcast in style. And then one other quick announcement before we get into the bread and butter of today's episode is if you do me a huge favor and please, please, please on whatever social media you frequent the most or actually just on all of them that you can please, please, please share your favorite episodes, share the content we share, share the, the, the posts, because um, as I anticipated would happen a few episodes back, I even mentioned it was only a matter of time, we are indeed being um, influenced, for lack of a better term, by the powers that control the socials, meaning that they are limiting the traffic. To all of the areas where we host content, whether that be Facebook, whether that be Twitter, whether it's LinkedIn, whether, you know, whatever. I don't even remember how many platforms I'm on because I pretty much suck at the whole social media thing. Again, hashtag now accepting resumes. But anyway, share your favorite content, share the episodes, get the word out there because they're limiting the reach of the show because, well. I don't want to get into too deep about why that is, but let's just say it has to do with the woke culture, cancel culture aspect um, because of a certain word in the title of our show. But that's all I'm going to say there. You can fill in the blanks and uh, make your own conclusions as to why they are limiting the reach of the show, but nonetheless. To those of you that are actually still being notified of that new content and still receiving your push notifications of content, please, we can combat this, but I need your help. Share, share, share your favorite content, your favorite episodes, boost those posts, and let's increase this traffic. But enough about that. I could go on and on on this incessant rant about woke cancel culture, but I won't do that right now. As a matter of fact, you know what? I think I'm going to make an episode just on that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to put an episode together that has to do exactly with everything that's wrong with woke cancer culture and why it's toxic to society. But anyway, that's not what this episode's about. This episode is something that is quite possibly something you're struggling with. I know it's something I've struggled with, and honestly, um, a recent poll shows that about 70% of people are currently struggling with and it has a lot to do with toxicity kind of something that we talked about in the early episodes you know remember the episode the top three toxins killing your agency well it kind of plays off into that one and kind of plays off in the episode a couple weeks ago about imposter syndrome but nonetheless I give you this week's episode entitled the exit strategy when to throw in the towel Should I stay or should I go? A question that I've honestly asked myself, admittedly, a few too many times, potentially. And even more admittedly, it kind of even plays into the whole imposter syndrome that we talked about a few weeks ago. Quite often I struggle with, you know, why would anyone want to hear me give advice or insight when I'm kind of just figuring out this whole life thing as I go? Well, honestly, I think that's why you guys actually listen and exactly why I share my insights and victories and even failures with each and every one of you. You know, it kind of gets old listening to those self-help motivational gurus offer their simple formula for success and, you know, quite honestly, sometimes rather, rather cliche, but at least here, we're on a journey of this discovery together, kind of figuring out the things situations the the obstacles that life throws at us together because at the end of the day regardless of gender race religion and all that other woke culture hey there it is again the woke culture nonsense you know we're all in this together but enough about that if you find yourself asking the question should you stay should you go you know chances are that you're pretty unhappy with life in your current situation um And like I said before, the sad truth is you're not alone. About 70% of Americans are currently dissatisfied with their current work situation. There are quite a few factors that go into this, and quite honestly, quite a few factors you may want to consider before putting in your notice, But and we're going to kind of talk about these, but the key is to not rush through the process, folks. Take the time to process. Take the time to really self-reflect and make the most informed decision possible. But before we delve too deep into the steps we can take to get some clarity on the situation as to whether or not we need to find a new job, you know, we need to take a few minutes and kind of discuss some underlying aspects of not just why you're considering leaving, but exactly what it is you need to leave. And in order to get to that point, I think I need to share with you some insights that I've kind of picked up over the years, over the course of my career through experience, through things I've witnessed, and even through someone who I have followed for a few years in was instrumental in my decision to leave my old agency and pursue other adventures. And one of those things is to bear in mind, whether you are an employee of the organization, whether you are management in the organization. One thing to remember is that people leave leadership, not specifically an organization. They leave leadership because the leadership of the organization determines the, the morale, the culture, and honestly, the overall tolerance level of what allowable standard and behavior will be. So they don't necessarily leave the organization. They leave the environment that leadership has allowed to be created. And it's been my experience that leadership of these organizations, and I use the term leadership loosely because there's a huge difference, and I've stated it before, between leadership and management, but for sake of long debate, we'll just use the blanket term leadership. What leadership of these organizations fails to realize is that, generally speaking, mental resignation... Happens long before the physical resignation does. It's rarely a spur-the-moment decision, and and if it is, it's usually because the true colors of the organization were hidden during the initial onboarding and interview process and, and all that. So once they do get on board, they're like, "This is not what I signed up for," and they just bounce. That you know, that's the 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 exception to that rule, if you will. But when it comes to the physical resignation, that is honestly psychologically the final act of. A complete loss of hope for not just the organization, but in the leadership of that organization, and one of the biggest factors that plays into that complete loss of hope is honestly appreciation of the employee. A lot of times, these you know leadership during the exit interviews try to show appreciation on the uh, to the employee on the way out the door, and at that point, it's it's too little, too late you let them know you're going to leave. And all of a sudden, all these incentives that didn't exist before, now suddenly present themselves. And another one, one of those big incentives is that oh, we'll increase your pay. Okay, well, salary is only a motivator to a certain point. When people do decide to leave an organization, it's generally not because of strictly financial reasons. There are definitely some other factors that play into it. But ultimately, yes, salary is important. But Secondary to the lack of appreciation, one of the other factors is career progression. Honestly, give us something to work for. Career progression is one of the biggest factors in the retention of good employees. Now, that's not to say that there you know, there they won't be plateaus at some point in the job. Every job will plateau at some point. And honestly, it should. If you are doing what you need to do to continually develop yourself and continually improve and be the best version of yourself, then at some point, you're going to reach a plateau, you're going to outgrow the organization, you may outgrow your peers, you may outgrow relationships, you just because of the fact everything is going to plateau at some point, as long as you have the mindset of continual self improvement. But at the same time, it is the responsibility of leadership within that organization to provide you with the incentive, provide you with the motivation to maintain that self-improvement. Give them something, give me something to work for. What can I do to be a more valuable asset to the organization? So that way I'm not first one on the chopping block when they have to make budget cuts or you know whatever the situation is like that. But there's even a dichotomy to that in order for me as the employee to want to strive to reach that mark, to want to continually be better, to self-improve myself, not just, not, not just for me, but for the benefit of the organization, for the benefit of leadership, there has to be a mutual trust, a trust between staff and a trust between leadership, and that goes both ways. And once that trust is broken, it is extremely hard to reestablish. And that becomes even more difficult when leadership refuses to take ownership of the overall situation, refuses to take ownership of the environment that has been created, refuses to take ownership for pretty much anything in the organization and just barks orders all day long and tells you this is what you need to do. When they don't want to take any responsibility in improving morale, improving the organization, improving standard of care improving anything really because when it comes down to it they still get their bonus at the end of the year and won't even admit to the fact that at the end of the day you are literally just a pulse in the seat who are easily replaceable and very very expendable and when it comes down to it i really don't want to continue to work for an organization or continue to put myself in an environment that could really care less whether or not i'm there that will literally have my job posted the same day that I resign just to get somebody else in the seat. I get there's a bottom line, there's a business to run and all that stuff, but you want loyalty from your employees? Then be loyal to them. Loyalty is definitely by far a two-way street that many organizations, that the leadership of many organizations fail to understand. But my oh my, I feel a huge rant building up, so I have to kind of bring it down a notch and get back on track before I I go off on a rant full of repressed emotion regarding my passion for correcting poor leadership. So I digress. So, first things first, regarding the question, should I stay or should I go? You need to figure out exactly why you're asking yourself this question. You need to get to the root of the original problem. Once you know the the, the real problem, then you can decide whether it's worth addressing and staying or, or getting the heck out of there, you know? How do we know when it's time to leave our current position or organization? We do this by none other than putting ourselves in the rather uncomfortable position of honest and sometimes brutal, serious self-reflection of our own status. And this is often uncomfortable because there are times when, when we're truly being honest with ourselves as to whether or not we are happy with the situation or whether we should stay or whether we should go. Sometimes we'll find out that it's not leadership's issue. It's not an organizational issue. It's not a toxic environment issue. It turns out that it very well may be that we are the toxic issue in the environment and creating the poor morale situation for everybody else. So sometimes being brutally honest with ourselves sucks. So we continue to stay in the situation that we are in simply because we're afraid to involve ourselves in that deep self-reflection because sometimes we don't even want to deal with ourselves. And if we don't want to deal with ourselves, guess what? Leadership is certainly not going to want to deal with you either. But once we gather up the courage to legitimately reflect on ourselves and do some serious, deep thinking about our situation and about why we're potentially not happy where we are, I have a list of five things that we should be considering while doing this self-reflecting. The first of which being a lack of passion. A lack of passion in your work and what you do is a huge red flag of something to consider when wondering, should you stay or should you go? You know, this is one of the few issues that almost always means it's time to leave your job. And why is that? Because when you lack passion for your work, every hour that you spend in that environment, in that workplace, and every single thing you produce just feels absolutely meaningless. When you don't really give a crap about what you're doing and why you're there, then what's the point of being there? And that's really a miserable way to live your life. In the book, Happiness at Work, written by uh, Jessica Price Jones, she mentions a fact that on average, we'll spend 90,000 hours of our lifetime at work. Why in the world would you want to spend 90,000 hours of my lifetime in a dead end, meaningless, passionless job? You know, as much as I try to maintain that work life balance aspect and not let my work specifically identify me, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily just about work, it's about life as a whole. And after all, if you are unhappy in your workplace, you're generally going to be an unhappy person. The second aspect to consider when doing self-reflection is the level of toxicity in the workplace. In general, you know, your toxic workplace might feel like reason enough to just pack up and run, but that might not necessarily be always the case because toxicity in itself can be addressed, like we talked about before. Is my environment toxic? Or am I the one making my environment toxic? Again, with that whole self-reflection thing. But if the toxic workplace culture is coming from your peers, or even coming from leadership, stop being such a self-entitled child and grow up a little bit. Time to put on the big boy, big girl panties and and advocate for yourself. Because in today's day and age, anyone can wear panties. But well, there I go with the woke culture thing again. Anyway, don't be afraid to have the difficult conversation and, and speak up to your peers creating this environment or even to leadership. You know, go in and have a respectful yet assertive conversation with leadership. Bring them your concerns, but not just bring them your concerns, bring them your solutions for said concern. And then if the situation hasn't been addressed after a few weeks, then honestly, that might be when it's time to start thinking about that transition. But if that toxicity is coming from leadership, that's a much tougher call. You know, if you feel like your leader is is humble and willing to listen to respectful feedback, then I would definitely encourage that conversation with them. But On the other hand, I wouldn't necessarily blame you for starting a job search without necessarily addressing that toxic leader because, unfortunately, if the leadership is causing the toxic environment or even allowing the toxic environment, you know, it won't be long before that attitude seeps into the rest of the culture if it hasn't already done so. And that kind of flows right into the next point or can at least contribute into the next point that many of us have experienced and potentially even struggle with, and that is the feeling of being overwhelmed at work. Feeling overwhelmed with the workload is definitely fixable. It means a couple things. It means either you've said yes to too many responsibilities, taken on too much for your individual capabilities at the time, or it means that the leadership, quite frankly, misunderstands how much you can actually carry. In assigned tasks. If you are indeed feeling overwhelmed, again, have a difficult conversation. Have the conversation with leadership about potential reprioritizing your work and getting some of that help, whether that be you know, moving you into a slightly different position that allows you to delegate some of these tasks or perhaps removing some of them from your workload completely. But regardless, if they are unwilling to help, unwilling to hear your concerns, then you very well may have the confirmation that you need telling you it's time to move on. And when you have leadership that is unwilling to help, unwilling to listen to your concerns, that also kind of flows into point number four, that we kind of discussed a little bit ago, talking about being underappreciated. Apparently, on top of 70% of the country being unhappy in their current jobs, 79% of the people who end up leaving their job say that it was due to lack of appreciation. When it comes to feeling underappreciated, Take a look at the organization as a whole. Do, do you recognize a particular pattern? You know, is there a pattern that's presented itself across the individual culture of the organization? Or is it only a problem for you and a few others? You know, are you being singled out? Or are you in a small group being singled out? Or is it a, a, a company-wide, agency-wide culture issue? If it ends up being a, a cultural issue, then, you know, it very well may be Time to move on. Time to look for other avenues. But again, if it's something you believe is only a problem with you or or uh, you and a few others, again, it comes down to the difficult conversations and self reflection. You've got to take it to leadership and be open and honest and asking them questions. Questions like, "Do you, as an employee, are you providing value to the organization? You know, how are how are your achievements?" measured? How are the things that you produce? How is your performance measured? Are there specific performance metrics that I am being measured by? And what can I do to place higher in them? Um, again, talking about the potential for for advancement, like we talked about before, you know, questions that you think it's going to take to get your leader thinking about the value that you bring to the organization, and how they can do a better job of of, of recognizing not just your work, but the value of your peers and the value that you guys as employees bring to the overall organization. And then lastly, if we don't feel as though we are bringing any value to the organization, this one has a tendency, the last point has a tendency of setting in quite quickly. And this is one I struggle with frequently and not necessarily because I don't feel like I bring value, but I think it's just how I'm wired, but boredom. I get bored very, very easy and have a history of changing agencies, organizations, on average, every three to five years. The longest one I've stayed at yet has been eight years, but... Honestly, it was at that four-and-a-half, five-year mark when I started planning my exit strategy and just kind of hung around the last three years waiting for waiting for other opportunities and avenues to to open themselves. But that boredom comes in super, super quick for me, and it's something I've had had to work on. And honestly, in retrospect, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I've been with my current agency just at that three-year mark, and not that I don't love what I do, not that I don't feel as though... My work is impactful because, in fact, the work I've done in the last three years, the patients that I've influenced in the last three years have had, in my opinion, much more impact than any of the other patients that I've had over the past, you know, eight to 10 years of my career. So it's not that I don't feel... Uh, valued it's not that I don't feel as though my work is meaningful it's just I think how I'm wired and I get bored super super easy you know and even even amongst my my peers you know I, I talk to people all the time who are just simply bored at work you know they may love the 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 organization's mission or the work that they do on a day-to-day basis but uh, every day they're just kind of feel as though they're going through the motions like mundane what's next okay I've done come here and done what I needed to do, got the t-shirt, but what what comes next? You know, uh, the it's not the worst problem to have, but again, it can be addressed. Like most problems that we have in the workplace, this one involves also, again, go figure, a difficult conversation with leadership. Let them know that you are looking. For new challenges, new opportunities to grow within the organization, that you are ready to move up, that you feel like you're being underutilized. Take the time to come up with a plan with solutions before you speak to the to leadership and you know, go into it educated about other positions other jobs within the organization that you may enjoy that may be more challenging or, or or ask about different courses or classes or content that you could take or conferences you could attend or whatever to better prepare you for advancement within the organization and run these ideas by them you know if you're if if leadership in the organization isn't necessarily receptive to your desire for personal growth to your desire to do more for your desire to be better for your desire to move up within the organization then there again is another reason to consider you know packing up your belongings and moving on to a different organization leadership in my opinion should be passionate about seeing their team members grow seeing their team members be better seeing their team members willing to put in the work to to better themselves if you know, if you talk to leadership and they never follow up with you on a plan for that growth, and that's just as problematic, you know, don't waste your time being part of a culture that's not interested in you. Um, A lot of the, the principles covered that, you know, like I said, have influenced me into getting me where I am now, in my phases of transition. And again, I'm gonna probably read it again, because like I said before, I'm in a phase of transition in my life right now, figuring out whether I want to continue in certain aspects. But in his book, The Proximity Principle, uh, Ken Coleman talks about the importance of being in a place where you can develop and maximize your strengths and talents, a, a place where, you know, there's a culture of, of developing and growing team members for the purpose of advancement. If that's not available to you, then it might be time to move on. You know, once we're willing to look deep, within ourselves and honestly process that uncomfortable data and get past the fear of future failure and truly process where our passions lie, it's only then that we can decide whether or not we need to leave a job or perhaps even leave the industry and make some life changes where we can grow into our true potential. Are you staying where you are because it's all you know? Because it's comfortable? Because at the end of the day, you know, we have a tendency of feeling that comfortable complacency is better than confronting our fear of failure. I'm going to leave you with this hypothetical question. And honestly, I'm even speaking to myself here. And even as I prepare to ask you this question, I'm honestly considering my own self-reflective answer, if you will. If you had a guarantee... That both money and failure weren't a factor. That you could you could name your salary and would be guaranteed overnight success. What would you be doing with your life? Until next time, guys. Jump for yourselves. Jump for each other. Keep your boots polished, and you head out. This episode was brought to you by Blackout Coffee. Visit them at www.blackoutcoffee.com and enter coupon code BLACKCLOUD at checkout, and receive a 10% discount on multiple blends and flavors to fuel your coffee, cocoa, and loose leaf tea needs. The views and opinions expressed in this production are in no way a substitution for your agency's policies, procedures or guidelines. The content and ideas are that of Black Cloud Society, and in no way reflect the views and opinions of the employers of those involved with this production. We thank you for tuning in.